Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are, this is the Interpreter's Workshop Podcast. I'm Tim Curry, your host. Here we talk everything sign language interpreting. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the sideways of interpreting. If you're a student, a new interpreter, experienced interpreter, this is the place for you. If you want to know more, go to interpretersworkshop.com. Let's start talking interpreting. And now, the quotes of the day. The first by Ralph Waldo Emerson, American philosopher and poet. You cannot do kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. And the second by James Earl Jones, American actor. You don't build a bond without being present. These two quotes connect to today's talk in the last of the series with Dr. Marty Taylor. Today we discuss what it means to be an interpreter, what it means to be there, to be available and engaged with the deaf community for each of us. So let's finish our conversation with Marty on a high note, learning what it is to be a sign language interpreter. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Let's do word association before I get into the last deep, meaningful questions, as opposed to the rest of it that we've done. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my listeners know this. I will tell you a word and you give me whatever concept comes to mind, whatever word comes to mind first, and or if it's a story that comes to mind. The first word is confusing. Confusing. Life is confusing. (laughs) The world is confusing. The world is going to pot at the moment. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is confusing. It's a fact. Yes. Okay. Next, after the confusion, we have comfort food. Comfort food. Home cooking. Homemade applesauce. Homemade beets. And sweets. Lots and lots of sweets. Yes. Chocolate bars. Mm. uh, Chocolate bars with nuts. Christmas cake with nuts. Yes. Yes. That's a good thing. Okay, next, pet peeve. Don't pat me on my head. Ooh. I don't like that, even in jest. No head tapping. No head tapping. Nope. You can pretty much tap me anywhere else, but not my head. Maybe it's because I've been around deaf people so long that, you know, you don't tap a deaf person on the head. So... I don't know. I have two older brothers. Maybe they did. <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> okay, next. Community. Extremely important. And many different communities. I have a book club community. I have a lesbian community. I have a deaf community. I have an academic community. I have a family's community. 
very important. And to know the difference between me being American Mm -hmm. on one half, which is very much an individualistic perspective, Mm -hmm. and Canada, which is much more of a community perspective. And that it is rude when I park in Canada and I take up two spots. (laughs) Whereas in the United States, I park... I take two spots <laughs> because I can. <laughs> uh, there's no law against it. Unless your partner is sitting in the front seat saying, what are you doing? Don't do this. <laughs> okay. Next. Interpreter. An interpreter. Key to my being. I am an interpreter. I've been an interpreter for the... Well, the vast majority of my life, Mm. being flexible, being kind, Mm -hmm. being available, being engaged, and participating in the deaf community and the interpreting community, both as uh, a person who attends and shows up. And as a person who's willing to do some work mm. for those groups. So I volunteer for bingos and casinos. <laughs> <laughs> I participate in selling tickets for a wine draw. And it doesn't have to be all the time, but definitely show up. Nice. Interpreter, show up. Yes. <laughs> be there. And the last, magic. Magic. Ooh, life is magical. How can I be one day in Edmonton and the next day in Croatia? Hmm. How can I be in my deaf community and then be in Hong Kong and see a deaf woman on a tour bus? Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to look at the sites while we're on the tour bus, but I'm more engaged with the woman from Hong Kong who's signing and we're trying to make everything out. (laughs) As an interpreter, the magic of being in places that I would never be in, Mm -hmm. like interpreting for the Deaf Olympics and being on a ski hill (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to be there by myself. Uh-huh. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> um, and the magic of life, how we live, how we die, how we make it through, mm. how we grieve, how we get past things or not. Mm-hmm. Life is magic. Yeah. Yeah. Just one thing that. I think has changed, has reduced, eliminated the barrier of telephones for the deaf community, for those who have access to video relay services. Mm -hmm. That change is monumental. Mm -hmm. Some of my early research in the video relay service was uh, looking at two companies in the United States, 
and I had access to interviews with interpreters, interviews with deaf people, time for focus groups. I must say it was a great report. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that was probably 20 years ago now. Canada's new in the game. We've been around for seven years. Mm-hmm. We have not been at, we have not had access to video relay services as long as the United States. Mm-hmm. But that's a game changer for deaf people. In what ways? It's a game changer in terms of access, in terms of the ability to find out any information, call anybody you want, friends, families, politicians, everything that hearing people have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very exciting, and it, it changes the world of deaf people. When we were talking about the olden days, when I first became an interpreter, those uh, that married couple that had all the television sets, <laughs> they would drive around to make their appointments. Like they would drive to the doctor's office, make an appointment. They would drive to the mechanic to see if their car was done. When I was in their home, they would say, could you, you know, call so-and-so and so-and-so. And the calling wasn't really interpreting Mm-hmm. They just wanted to make an appointment, so I just did it. Yeah, which was kind of nice. It's kind of like, yeah, I know how the phone works. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sign to me that you want to make an appointment for Monday at around ten. I can do that. Yeah, I wish we still could do that on video relay. Yeah, I wish we could, you know, just get to the place they want to get on a telephone tree and not have them have to tell us because I can't interpret it as fast as. As the answering service is saying it. and uh, But anyway, VRS is just such a game changer. Yeah. And it affects interpreting tremendously because in Canada, with our geographical area, uh, we are interpreting for people across the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, it improves our skills. Mm-hmm. It gives us exposure to what's happening in other areas of the country. Mm-hmm. And it also gives opportunities to deaf people in that both they can work in the video relay environment as managers and as deaf interpreters. Mm-hmm. And deaf people can have a regular hearing answering machine and be a real estate agent. Hearing people don't even have to know they're deaf. And hearing people can leave a message on the machine, and then the deaf person can call VRS and say, hey, what does this say? (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, I'm going to sell a house. Great. Thank you. (laughs) That's something. And if we would have something in the future, the equivalent of, I can't imagine what it would be. What would be the huge barrier that exists now that would be taken down? Yeah. Maybe it's going yeah. to be AI and all interpreters will be replaced. Yeah. If it was good, that would be great. I doubt it that it would happen. Yeah. Where's the face? Where's the attitude? Where's the uh, community relationship? Yeah. We'll see. I'll meet you again in 10, 20 years, Tim. It's a date. I'll write it on my calendar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I can. Online, the calendar goes on forever, so I can do that.
Oh, I can use my paper and pen and put it in there, too. Oh, well, yeah, there is that. It's a date just like every Monday. I'm here with you. Thank you for showing support by listening and sharing the podcast. If you'd like to cash in on that support even more, check out the links in the show notes to support me and the podcast. Thank you. Let's go back. You said there are pros and cons to the way things used to be. Is there something now that you wish we as interpreters would change or go back to? Great question, Tim. I would like to see interpreters more engaged in the community. That's a repetitive statement I'm making. Um, Because of all this virtual interpreting, I feel that that takes interpreters away, away, away from the community. And maybe that's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's okay. Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure about the language skills. If you're not involved in the community, how do we get the signed language skills? Are we going to get it virtually interpreting that way? Maybe. Are yeah. we going to miss out on the nuances? I remember working with uh, my deaf colleague at the college and she and I were running the program and I was going to leave and she was going to take over the chair position. We had set up this beautiful visual language lab. Mm -hmm. Now it's common, but back then it was brand new and we were having some problems with it. And one of the things was we couldn't get the sound on the headphones working so that I, as the instructor, could listen to the interpretations that the interpreters were providing in their carols. Mm -hmm. Finally, it got fixed. So I see my friend Angela and I, I tell her, I say, oh, good news in ASL. Good, and then you spell news. Good news. Mm-hmm. So I tell her, ah, the audio, it's working. It's great. It's, I'm so thrilled. She looks at me with this dumbfounded face and says, what's the good news? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've been around a long time by that time. Not forever like now. But good news. She says, that's only good news for you. Yeah. It doesn't apply to me. I don't care about the sound. You're using that sign incorrectly. <laughs> oh, so it's like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was great news. She said, no, it's not. I don't care. <laughs> so are we going to lose out on those opportunities? Ah, <laughs> oh, the future. Something to look forward to. Yes. It'll be magic, whatever it is. It will. (laughs) Well, my former professor, Marty, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing with us your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom, and your humor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So many wonderful things that Marty and I have talked about over this series. While this last episode was short, it gave us some wonderful insight in what it means to be an interpreter. The connections we have, the relationships that we build, the things we learn, it's all magical. For example, it's magic as an interpreter to be in places, to be in situations where we would never go ourselves. Things we wouldn't think of but yet, we are there. 
that's kind of magical to experience something that we normally would not. Having that relationship with the communities we serve teaches us the cultural norms, the societal norms, differences, whatever you want to call it, that bond between people that makes up a community. And in order to be in that relationship, as an interpreter, we need to be flexible, available, be kind, participate, be engaged, volunteer as though we are a part of the community. We may be on the edge as hearing people, but we're available and many of us become friends. We show up, we're there, we're not just an automated system of ones and zeros. Yes, I mean artificial intelligence. AI may one day replace translations or frozen interpretations, but it will never replace the community connection, the relationship of someone being there. Hmm. How much more will we learn in the future? How many more barriers of communication, barriers of access that will be opened up for the communities we serve? It is amazing to think how far we've come. So, keep calm. Keep being there, interpreter. I'll see you next week. Take care now.